Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Julius Julian Hayes the second founder at Executive Health, a boutique concierge that provides state-of-the-art preventive care for forward-thinking entrepreneurs, investors, and executives. Welcome to the show, Julian. Hey, Jay. How's it going, man? Thank you so much for having me on. And um, um, it's going well. Super fantastic over here. No complaints. Great to have you on the show, Julian. And it's, it's, it's an honor to have you, you know, and share some of the very interesting things. And especially, you know, with health is so important to us. Leveraging technology to improve our health is in 2023 is that is what we are going to talk about. So straightway to the first question, Julian, is you talk about health 2.0. And you talk about using technology and especially, you know, for entrepreneurs and especially executives and top executives. So what I want to understand is that Moving forward, will health 2.0 will be just about people who have money or is it that uh, and it will create a new society about haves and have nots mm-hmm. in terms of health or will it about techno- be about technology that everybody can use? How do you see that you have been mm-hmm. into medicine, you have practiced medicine before and then you came on to this different side of things. So how do you see that? health point 2.0 in terms of society? You know, that's a very interesting question. And it's something I think about. And it's something that I actually talk to friends about. And it's something that I'm very mindful of, because I come from a background who, um, if it did become that way, where there's a haves and haves nots, they would be on the side of the haves nots, they would not have any of this information, because my father did not have a lot of this information. When it when it comes to his health, and he had a lot of uh, illnesses and everything that he dealt with. Um, I'm a believer in entrepreneurship. I'm a believer in innovation. So the answer is no. I think everyone, I believe, I know, actually, I know everyone's going to have access to this. Will some have it later than others? Yes, unfortunately. But that's the same concept when it comes to the iPhone. And some people had the iPhone much earlier than others. And a lot of the time is that because these are early adopters. And just the way that the health system works here, at least in the States, is that some of the things that, that we use and that are available right now, they're not just going to be appearing at a doctor's office right now because you have to go through regulations. You have to, there's different bureaucracy institutions that you have to go through and you have to do, they like to see research and studies and all this different types of stuff. And let's be honest, there's a lot of money involved, especially when anytime insurance is involved in the scenario as well. So there's a lot of red tape before you can do mass adopted. Now, my belief is how we get around this is that more people are going to take charge of their health. They're going to take control of their health instead of react, instead of just being reactive and just, they're going to start to develop more curiosity and to start to go search for these themselves. if They know they're out there. And so that's one way that I believe that is going to be massively adopted along with the innovation from entrepreneurs. And so I think there's a shift and I I see the shift happening now because I have friends who are not really involved in this world starting to ask questions about, hey, have you heard about genetic testing? Or, hey, um, I saw all these wearables. Which which health wearable do you think I should wear on my wrist? Or all these different things. So little clues like that means that it's starting to 
the masses are starting to hear about this as well. Right, right. To understand, better understand Health 2.0, let's understand what your company does, Executive mm-hmm. Health. Through that, perhaps, we, uh, our, our audience will be able to understand exactly what this new phase of our health, and especially in terms of preventive health, healthcare will be all about. Uh, yeah, so at, if, if you look at the big, the big, big, big macro picture, there's what, and this started with my own self. There's two things I care about and two things I'm very curious about. One is the longevity world and living a long time, but not just living a long time, but not, and, and not really having any rich experiences. So there's a performance aspect as well. So that's why this whole philosophy revolves around what I call precision performance longevity. And so we're combining a lot of things in the longevity world and things that can help you increase your health span, increase your lifespan and your wealth span, but also thinking about your performance. And performance is you're performing as a husband, you're performing as a father, you're performing in your job, you're performing if maybe if you're an endurance athlete. So I'm into a lot of running, I'm into boxing, I'm into lifting. So you're performing in all of these roles in life. And so we need to be at the best because the, the way we think about aging right now, it's, it, it needs a rebrand. When we think about aging and you say the word agents is when they start to get squeamish and they start to make these little sounds and it doesn't it doesn't sound very empowering you hear someone say that when we get older you think about weight gain you think about your metabolism slowing down and so you're getting colder you think about your brain not being as mentally sharp you think about taking random afternoon naps because you just get tired quicker now and none of these things are positive when i think about aging i think about someone who has wisdom and i think about even from the athletic world i can look at a lebron james right now he's 37 i think or 38 and he is still performing at a very high level because he's leveraging technology. He's leveraging um, a lot of the scientific advances right now and matching that with his wisdom to still perform at a high level. Now, is he dunking and jumping as high as he did? No, not necessarily. But he's still performing at a high level because he's using that wisdom. And so in the health 1.0 world, when we think about health 1.0, we think about going to get an annual physical, annual checkup once a year. Then we think about getting maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes to see our, our primary care physician. And it's not the, and when I say this, I'm not bashing any of the, the physicians or anything, because this is how the system is set up. It's just set up this way. So you get 10 to 15 minutes, you're getting a very qu- quick run through of things. Hopefully you cover everything. And then you know, they're telling you your results are average or this is just consistent within the range, but the range is very wide. doesn't mean it's optimal, maybe normal, but I don't really like normal. Normal doesn't sound good to me. I like optimal. I like enhancement. I like those. And so it's, it's, it's not a very good experience. And a lot of times the care that you get is not dependent on what you want. It's dependent on one, what your insurance can provide. And two, If you're showing signs. So if I'm not physically showing signs of certain things, then I cannot get the testing or even to look into certain um, issues because I'm not showing those yet. So it's a very reactive state of it's a very reactive approach instead of proactive, which can lead to issues because a lot of things that manifest in our body, they manifest years before they actually show up. And so in Health 2.0, it's everything's about preventative. Everything's about 
optimization. A lot of times we run away or we run away from maybe illnesses that that we're afraid of. And that doesn't feel very empowering to me. How about we run toward something? We run toward being our best selves. We run toward shattering what people think about aging. And so this gives us a lot more personal power. And Health 2.0 is about precision at its core. We are all the same, but there's a very small percentage that makes us that makes us uniquely us. And that is where, you know, our genetics come in, our, our blood, our the way that we live life, what we have experienced through life. All this factors into our health because health is a system and everything is connected. A lot of times in the, the more older 1.0 world, everything exists in a silo. So if I need to treat my, if my arm's hurting, I'm just going to look at my arm, but I'm not going to think about anything else. If my back's hurting, I'm looking at my back, but I'm not going to look at my glutes or my hamstrings or nothing like that. But in this world, we look at everything as one giant symbiotic um, entity that affects everything else. And we think about being comprehensive. We test and test and test. We leverage data to make more precise decisions. And what this does at its core is you're getting more, you're becoming more efficient. You're becoming more effective. You're getting more time back to go to do the things that you enjoy more. Okay. Okay. So what I understand is that there will be much more preventive testing and preventive monitoring. Mm -hmm. Am I right? And there will be, you know, much more genetic testing and analysis, fitness, mm -hmm. fitness and nutritional assessments, advanced performance analytics for stress and re recovery, micronutrient testing. So all those testing will be done. Where is the technology part? The fear is that, you know, too much of technology uh, usage, like people are keeping themselves tied up with those watches and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And all the time you are more worried about if it goes, you know, if, it, if there's a beep or anything. And, and then it, it, I don't know how much it helps, but those people who are using it, maybe it is helping them. What I want to understand is that human, as humans, preventive testing is okay. But when there is technology through which you are, you know, you as a human, you are tied up with to, with, to that technology all the time. Mm -hmm. And your existence or health is just fully dependent on the sound from that particular uh, wearable device. How does that work? Is it is it a good way of living? Is that the is that the way one one can one should visualize or one has to look at our future? How do you look at it as you know as somebody who has been to medical medical school and maybe and mm -hmm. left after that? But how do you look at it from two points? One yeah. is an, as an entrepreneur, and mm -hmm. second one is a person who has been to medical school as a doctor. Yeah. So the the entrepreneurial side, I look at this as it's. It's very innovative, and I think it's it's a it's a way to reach. It's a way to help people take care of their health on a deeper level than what they could beforehand, because maybe they just don't they cannot afford some of the the, the care that other people can afford. So this is a way to kind of help them um, get ushered into this two world at a fraction of the cost than what a lot of you see these celebrities and everything do with, with some of the stuff that they do. So I think that's a very good start for them. And from the, the more health side of things, it's 
once again, it goes back to being preventative instead, or sorry, proactive instead of reactive. So the way I look about this is, and I, I, I tell us like, what if you could have a daily checkup every single day of the year? And then when you, when you go to your primary care physician for your, for your annual, this is just, if you're doing the bare bones, when you go to your routine checkups with your doctor, what if you could present with them a sheet that says, these are my, these are my basic vitals throughout the year. And you can, you can give that to them. So you're already getting a higher level of quality of, of care. And another interesting thing is that, you know, your baseline. So for me, the technology, I came down with maybe like a 24 hour flu or stomach bug or something random like that. But the interesting thing is a day or two beforehand, my resting, my resting heart rate and my respiratory rate, they increased out of their typical range. So I already knew that something was going on. And so that helped me go ahead and start taking some preventative measures that helped me to go ahead and maybe not, not be around as many people and to also not do any strenuous activity that day because my body needed to recover. And so when that, that, um, flu came, the time that it took to recover was much shorter than someone who didn't have any clue of what was going on in their body. And so you're, you're reducing that, that time that you're down, you're building resiliency and resiliency is the at the centerfold of this whole entire thing is to be more resilient. It's not that we can never be sick. It's not that we can never be hurt or anything. It's how can we quicken the recovery rate? How can we ensure that we bounce back quicker and not be down as so long? That's the resilient aspect. But but the, the whole technology thing is it's accountability for yourself as well. How many times do also, you know, for example, some of the wearables, I think that they can keep up with your steps. For some people, they need to start with their steps. And if you have something that you see every day that says, okay, I said I was going to get 8,000 steps today and I'm at 6,000. I want to get 2,000 more. So that's probably going to offer a little encouragement because for some, this is also gamifying. And so you're wiring yourself. You're getting all these things to help you uh, stay on a healthier path. Because if you think about the environment that we're in, at least in the States, it's it's very apparent in the States. It is super comfortable here in the States for most of us. Very comfortable. Um, We don't even have to cut up vegetables if we don't want. Vegetables are cut up. Um, We can order food. We don't even have to leave the house ever. We can have all our food delivered to us. So we almost have to combat this convenience factor with these little things to have us to, to, to stay on this healthy path because it's so easy to fall off of it because life is so comfortable. And especially for the, the more um, business professionals, you get very consumed with work and you can unintentionally let your health be relegated to the sideline because you're so consumed with work. And then you also have your personal relationships as well. And so this technology thing comes back again to show us, okay, I have these, these couple stats here. This, this is a reflection of how I'm living. I may not can see that my body is not responding well just yet, but internally, this is what it's looking like. And I'm getting ahead of it before it physically can manifest. Okay. Okay. So what would be, you know, healthy, being healthy as we 
look into you know 2023 and beyond is it that you are feeling healthy so you are healthy or is it about some statistics some data that mm-hmm. some test has thrown into to you will that will that be you know deciding about your health and maybe in several cases it will be an indicator of something that's going to maybe come up or uh, uh, pop up in the future uh, it will pop up or not that nobody can say but at least that is the time where data will throw up that so how do you live your life what is your health what is health when you are actually living life uh, in the near future yeah that's that's a uh, with with different listeners and everything it's hard to give a very precise answer because this is each going to be a very different experience for each of us especially when if you're giving out different ranges on yeah on because, because see a lot of people say live in the moment mm-hmm. here your technology is telling you to be worried i don't say that there should not be a preventive care but just just to ask questions from you know the general masses point of view is that should i be worried about something that i forget living about you know uh, oh no no today? no cuz that's that's the point that's the whole point of taking care of your of your health is so you can experience life even to a richer standpoint to to have even richer experiences you know one thing i, I talk about is generational health is that you know think about how cool it is to how cool it would be to to see your great great grandkids you know that's that's that will be a very cool experience to to see to pass down that wisdom to multiple generations and so this is all of no for i mean for me personally health is not even about just the looks per se it's about this taking care of this vehicle that allows me to go do a lot of things that i enjoy and to do them at a, at a very high level and, and to experience things that's that's the that's my motivation at, at this point in time in life it's not just about looks anymore um you know, you appreciate that let's be honest but um it's about what i can get out of life by taking care of myself and and so but that does pose an interesting question is that some people can become type a if they look at their if they look at their wearables too much or like oh man it's two points off uh maybe i can't do something today because my heart rate's up two points or something like that that's that's where you have to remind them that you use the technology. The technology doesn't use you. You are the master of your technology. The technology is not the master of you. And also, there are very few absolutes in this world. And as much as I love these technologies, like I got one on my wrist right now, as much as I love that, they're not 100% accurate just yet. So you cannot take everything at face value. It gives you a high probability. It, it it gives you a general direction of things, but it you don't have to just take it one hundred percent for what it is because there's a lot of independent variables that can skew numbers sometimes. And also, um, stressing about it is actually going to affect your health as well when you when you start to do that because the mind and body is very much connected. And so to kind of sum that question up the 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 most important thing to remember is that um you are the master of the technology not the other way around so that's the the most important thing with that and also if you if you look at a lot of the longest living populations one of the key factors 
is a sense of enjoyment, a sense of fulfillment, and, and a sense of purpose. To and having a rhyme and reason to go about and live about throughout their days. So, you know, before any technology wearable, before trying to find a perfect diet, the perfect exercise routine, simply finding a way and creating a life that you enjoy will go further than trying to optimize your heart rate down to the minute detail and finding the the exact perfect diet for you. Simple fulfillment in your day-to-day life. Because there's a lot of people that are unhappy and that affects our health. Right, right. And then you talk about success paradox and that is how it affects mm-hmm. our health. What is that about? What, what is success paradox that you talk about, Julian? And yeah. how does it affect our health? And why do we have to run after success so much and that type of success that it starts impacting our health mm-hmm. negatively? Yeah. Um, when you think about the success paradox, it's uh, it's people who have achieved a lot of success already. or And it's also even for people who are on the path of pursuing success. However, success looks to you. A lot of times for success, it's for many of us, it's, it's in some professional world, whether it's the business, whether it's climbing a certain position within a company. And the point being is when you do this, a lot of times we glorify, we, if you look at LinkedIn, you look at any social platform, we love to see those success posts, those inspirational posts. But what we never really see is the cost a lot of times that it took to get there. We never see the behind the scenes. And that person, as you become more successful, as you gain more influence, you gain more responsibility, these you are one you're becoming a, a person more in demand you're having more responsibility a lot of times you're having probably more stress now because you have a lot more to lose now than you did at day one and no one really likes to go back to day one because it's painful at the very beginning of your business or your career journey so you don't want to go back so you have all this playing in so you want to keep running hard because you don't want to go back you still have your personal life so you have all these other things that are demanding your attention, everything. And unintentionally, the thing that typically gets put to the end of the bench is our personal well-being, is our self-care. So it's not something out of negligence that our health tends to slide a little bit. It's usually out of a misappropriation of our values of and sometimes losing sight of the most important thing, which is our health. But sick on this path to success. So that's in a nutshell of what I call kind of the success paradox. Okay. And that is where technology comes in health 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. It will take care of, of your, of your health while you are busy achieving or running after success. Yeah. It helps. It helps a little bit. Yeah. Because what, what you'll see is for instance, if you, you know, you're drinking coffee throughout the day and you're trying to wind down for the night by having a couple of glasses of alcohol because you're trying to help mitigate some of the stress that you've accumulated throughout the day. You'll see the next morning that you wake up that your sleep quality was not that good. You may have slept seven hours. Maybe it says seven hours on there. But if you look at the breakdown of your sleep, your sleep architecture, you'll see that there's very little REM sleep. There's very little deep sleep. There's a lot of sleep awakenings and the most and the, the, the most um, the most dominant proportion of your sleep came from light sleep 
but you're missing out on on the critical of the deep and the REM sleep. And so you'll start to see that some of these behaviors that I do throughout the day affect my sleep quality, which in turn leads to the next day, I feel a little foggy or it takes me a couple hours to get going or I'm relying on caffeine to get going. So you start to see that, okay, maybe if I take care of some of these behaviors, I'm going to feel better and, and then I'm going to be able to perform better in my job. And so it, it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a feedback loop with each other. Okay. Okay. So what is the best, uh, what you call, way to achieve uh, your health? Is it about some wearable device or is it about better sleep? Uh, I like to, I like to look at things in more of a hierarchy. I like them all, but for most people, I think you can get the most bang for your buck by taking care of your sleep. For most people, you can start with fixing your sleep. I would start, start with your sleep, have to the best of your ability, have a consistent wake up time and a consistent time that you go to sleep and maybe give or take an hour for the most part, that can go a long way just from there. Because when we think about sleep, sleep is connected to every facet of our life from the way we make decisions, from our, from our body composition, from our sometimes habit of binging on food, those afternoon cravings from a lot of different hormones. And they're all connected and, and play a part with, from sleep. So sleep is a, in essence, kind of that head of the octopus where we should start. And then we'll start to branch out into other areas um, once we start to work on the habit of getting um, increasing the quality of our sleep. Okay, so what do we tell our younger generation? Like nowadays, when we have so much of technology, when, when people wake up and sleep with their phones, you know, in their hands, and then we tell them, listen, you've got to cut down on this particular, uh, you know, phone time, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, with this sort of technology, and there is nothing harm in the, the technology, mm -hmm. but how do you tell or how does a parent who use such technology or are negligent, negligent about their health, how do they tell their parents to be, you know, to take care of their health, to take care of their sleep? Uh, when the parent, when the child comes to know or understand that, listen, I can be careless about my health. Because there, there is technology to help me. And if I achieve success, then everything else is, you know, can be compensated. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that message in a world that is making that big shift as we move towards 2023? Yeah, but there's a couple of things there. It's, it's ironic that a lot of times people probably do think like that. It's like money can fix all problems. Well, right. what if you get yourself? Well, if you spend 20 years just absolutely running yourself into the ground and... And so you get to this, whatever destination that you have. And, but now you're going to, you're probably going to spend a lot of that money that you had trying to buy back your health. Absolutely. And so it's not going to be, it's going to be a pretty much a net negative or, or even still and like nothing. So that's one thing there's, cause there's a lot of people who do that. Like I'll just buy back my health. You can't necessarily do that because some things cannot be, taken care of by technology let's this is not a magical elixir let's 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 not get out of the way yet um right. as much as i love technology as much as i love a bunch of vitamins and nutraceuticals um the basics still matter big time and all this other stuff is maybe like the very small minute things that the, the last five percent or so it's the icing on a cake 
but if, you, if that cake is garbage and, and not good, the icing is irrelevant because the cake is terrible. So that's kind of the way I look at this. And um, going back to the technology thing for young people, this is probably not the, the most professional answer for young people, but a lot of times the best teacher is pain. The best teacher is failure. The best teacher is obstacle. So for me, I thought I was young and invincible, of course, you know, in my, in my early twenties. Um, and then you learn, you, you learn the hard way and then you don't do it again. Kind of like when you put your hand on a stove and you, you do it, it's like, ah, it's hot. You never put your hand on a stove again. And so um, I think that's for young people. That's the best lesson. You, you won't, you won't know because at that stage, you think, you know, everything, you think, you know, everything. You think you know everything. You think you're invincible. And so I get it. So me telling a very young person about some of these things, it'll go over their head. It won't make sense yet because you got to experience life. And I think there's just certain stages. Now, the good thing with technology, though, is you don't have to sleep with your phone. So I will tell them that. You don't have to sleep with your phone. And because some of these things are on our wrist. You can turn the Bluetooth off, put them on airplane mode, and it still keeps up with your data. And it's it's not invasive. It's not very intrusive. So that's the good thing. And I would also, a lot of the young people, if we look at some of the stats now, anxiety's up. A lot of mental, a lot of mental issues are up. I mean, so there's a commonality there: the phones, the excessive blue light, the excessive comparing on social medias, and so if I was going to talk to a young person and I knew that they had anxiety or something like that, that's probably the angle that I would lead in. How are you feeling on a day-to-day basis? Do you feel good? And and I would go with that angle and say, perhaps let's let's try to reduce our consumption of our scrolling and our blue light at night, you know, from these screens. And that would be a way that I would probably, like I said, help them to maybe not use be so addicted to their phone because the phone is an addiction. But when you're trying to change a habit, though, this is the last part of that, is if I'm trying to get rid of someone to stop using their phone late at night, I have to find something to place in, in there as well. Because um, it's it's you can't just get rid of a habit and then have nothing there to replace it because you're most likely going to come back to that habit. So as I'm talking to this person, what can we use as we get rid of this habit? What can we put in for that habit instead. And then I think that's a way that it's going to help stick for the long term. Right, right. So who are your uh, main clients? Is it companies, individuals, entrepreneurs? Who are the people uh, who can connect with you, uh, Julian, uh, for, for your... Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, with you. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's most, it's mostly individuals, do a little company work, but it's mostly individuals. And it's individuals who are forward thinking a little type a and just very ambitious. And that's in a nutshell. I mean, you have titles a lot of times, a lot of stuff does attract more entrepreneurs, more managers, leaders in in that world, but it's really for people who are very forward thinking and ambitious. Okay. Okay. And you, uh, as a founder at executive health, you have to take care of the business model. But as an individual, I'm sure you also want the same technology. All that thing is available even to the masses. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the understanding of 
general people is this sort of a preventive care health checkup and the use of technology uh, is it very costly when no. do you see that being available to the masses how soon can we expect that this sort of opias things will also start reaching other parts of the world and for the common people yeah i i see you know if we're using just the general public and the masses you know almost everyone has a almost everyone has a iphone or some type of phone now okay there's apple health on there already so you can go ahead and start keeping up with your steps there's a couple basic health functions on your phone already so, and then um some people want to watch maybe you want an apple watch maybe and that's a way and that has a bunch of of the the stats on there there's a company called whoop that you can use there's a company called biostrap and these are relatively inexpensive and, and easily accessible for the masses and it'll have your basic things on there such as your acti- keeping up with your activity keeping up with your heart rate, keeping up with your HRV on some of those, keeping up with your respiratory rate on some of those. And that's a very basic way to start. Now, the thing is, it's so you'll have the data and then maybe there's a little bit of a learning curve, but not too much in terms of how to interpret that data. That's one of the keys as well. But from a very basic level, that's already available in terms of different wearables because we have we have stats on our we have th- basic things on our phone and or we can go get one of these wearables and they're very relatively inexpensive as well so we can use that now when it comes to different like at home testing and you can order things at home now but some of those things are not available yet and with that that's going to take maybe a couple more years i'm not sure on that i would um if I had to guess and, and put my hand out there, I would think maybe I would say definitely the world's going to be radically different before 20 before by 2030 at the latest. That's my thing radically by 2030, but maybe within the next three to four years, there's going to be some really cool things that I think people would be able to see more. But for the the entrepreneurs out there, I think this is an opportunity for somebody out there to like, how can we make these things more um accessible to the masses how can how how can we do that because you know i would say for me right now the work i do is very personalized so it's not it's not it's not for the masses i work very detailed on a one-on-one level that's just because i personally enjoy that i'm sure there's ways that you could scale that and i think there's people who who scale that but i just really enjoy going deep and and working and, and building a relationship with the people that i work with so i've chosen to keep my numbers low but in the future i do think though that we can order these testing at home but there's an educational component as well that's going to need to be um included as well because you can be thrown all these tools and tactics and gadgets, but how do we interpret this? Because if you don't have any education to go with this right now, then all you're going to get is a person who's overwhelmed and they're going to say, ah, this is too much. And they're going to just pretend it doesn't exist because they don't have time to learn all this. So yes, there's some awesome technology and I think it's going to be for the masses in the coming years, but we also cannot forget the, the, the educational component as well. Right. That was the question I was about to come to. It's uh-huh. like, you know, you go to a doctor and yes. and, and, and he, he he or she comes to know whether you have Googled everything about yourself and become much more, you know, info, you have more information than the doctor yes. himself yeah. or herself. Yeah. Now, so that is a dangerous situation to be in. But 
in terms of this sort of uh, you know technology or all those data interpretation who does is it under the supervision of a doctor qualified doctor or is it is it that you read all that data about all those fluctuations in data and all that thing that data, uh, that technology throws up and then you decide that you whether you should be anxious whether you should be worried or whether you should be actually going out and and talking to a doctor how okay. does it work it's like okay. it's like looking at it is yeah. like looking at google for your ailment so you're asking how i do okay so for an individual they can they'll get their own they can get their own data now you're talking about how do i do it with with people okay so um so i'm not licensed here so you know so i have partnerships with med- i have partnerships with uh right. with different professionals and everything for when that's needed um i understand it but um one thing it's key to know is that you're not you can't be an expert on everything and so i'm not an expert on everything i have good working knowledge but that's not good enough in my opinion and so i i know the right people to bring into it and so kind of the whole thing is like you have a group of people that are always going to be kind of looking after you that's yeah. kind of the model i'm essentially just a ceo of their health yeah. um i i have people just to guide and um and and point them to hey let's take care of this and i have it all taken care of for them but um, I'm overseeing the big thing. So I look at I look at a lot of the data, but um, if it's something like medical or anything, then um, I, I bring other people just because, um, for one, legality reasons. Right. Um, and uh, two, just because uh, I want them to have I want them to have the best of uh, the best opinions that I can possibly provide. And so um, that's that's just not my my area. Right. Absolutely. I guess all these things has to have some sort of a supervision, basic data. You can look at those things yourself, maybe some temperature or even in terms of the number of steps that you have covered for the day. But anything beyond that that you think uh, you should worry about is then that worry should be certainly consulted. Yeah. So, you know, so for me, for me, I um, kind of my my big areas that I I, that I focus a lot on is you can look at things of like you look like your heart rate, your respiratory rate, your HRV. Um, basically your day-to-day life, you know, and how are you performing on there? So with me, there's a lot of the coaching aspects. So a lot of the coaching, um, it's, it's a health company, but a lot of times the thing that is stopping us from taking our health to another level and really improving in that, it's not really a health issue. It's really a life issue. Okay. And so <laughs> it's really a life issue. Like something's okay. going on in life. Um, maybe we need to add more structure. We need to add a better system okay. that can, that can integrate those things. So, um, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like my role. And then um, I'm like, Hey, let's order this test and everything. And um, you know, I look at those, but I'm more on the longevity and performance side as for, instead of just the more general health aspect of things, because you know, your PCP can do that kind of stuff. That's very basic stuff. Right, right. That's put up. Uh, you have put up well. Is that it's more of a life sort of a thing than mm-hmm. that that you can make make your through looking at the data how you want to move forward with your life and we want to even for sleep patterns and all that stuff. If you want to have a look at close look at that, and that yeah. does not need to need a very qualified person. You can make out that you need to focus on that part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, super intricate detail medical stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> right now, absolutely, absolutely. Now let's talk about your book, Body Architect: A Real World Guide to Ignite mm-hmm. Your Fitness Look Awesome and 
quiet the inner voices of self doubt there's so there's it's it's a uh, it's a cool title body architect tell us about it what this is book is all about who this book is for yeah. and yeah. what they can learn get so out of this book. i wrote that book i think in 2015 or 2016 so that book is basically a prelude it's it's the or origin story if you think about it but it's a fitness origin story it's for people who are at the very beginning of their journey so before this epigenetic stuff this uh, micronutrient testing and all this wearable stuff that we're talking about it's how do i get a solid foundation and so that's what that book was that's what i wrote that book for how do you get a solid foundation so it's broken into four parts and it's it's lessons and it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. So I have it where you can just go to different sections or different topics and you can choose. So maybe if you're struggling in the sleep department, there's, there's a section, there's sections on sleep. If you're, if you're needing a little guidance on nutrition, I have a, I have a section on nutrition. And so you don't have to start at the beginning and read to the end. You can kind of go all over the place with it, but it's a very good book to get you going in the right direction. And so I wrote that because I knew the direction that I was going to be heading in, but I also did not want to forget that book because there's a lot of mass, the, the masses out there in the general public who need that information before this other stuff, because this other stuff is useless if you don't have the fundamental foundation. Right. Right. Julian. So where, where do people get this book and for people who would like to connect with you mm-hmm. especially you know uh, individuals and for high performance mm-hmm. and all that stuff making their life much more aligned to what they want to mm-hmm. achieve in terms of success how do they do that yeah so the book is available on amazon you just type in body architect no one has i don't think no one still has that name so i you know i, I think me and the publishers did a pretty good job with naming that so it's on amazon you can't miss the cover it's me on it the cover and um um, listeners can also connect with me on LinkedIn. It's it's just my name, Julian Hayes II. And if you're interested in the, the website or anything, you can go to executivehealth.io. Right, right. So, Julian, to a person who believes using so much of technology, you know, you went to medical school, then you decided your own way towards, uh, you know, in for, for life. And today you are looking at providing holistic care through use of technology to uh, at the moment to executives and individuals for high performance and later on maybe a, a wider number of people mm-hmm. where do you now see your life moving forward how do you see it moving forward will it be again just uh, fully into healthcare or is it going to be somewhere else how do you see huh. moving forward? what is it that you seek for yourself now? you know I, I think i always see myself involved in in health um a, a mentor once said that you you gotta you gotta give yourself at least 20 years in the industry you gotta at least give yourself to, uh, industry in 20 years so if i think about this like an athlete and like an nba player so michael jordan he's known for he's known for being a basketball player but he has these other side ventures now later on in life but the first thing he did was become the absolute best at his craft. And so that's kind of the way I look at this as, as well is that this is my core focus is to be the, the best possible health consul- executive health consultant and coach that I can be and to provide the best possible service and to um, do the best we can at building the firm up and, and helping helping as many people as we can. That makes sense. 
then after that, there I'm sure there will be other things that interest me. Um, but I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We're um, I I'm such an adolescent. I'm such an adolescent at this stage, and I've I'm still learning as it goes along. So it's much too early to decide on that. But um, I don't know. I, I like to travel, so I don't I don't know if I could make something on there. And but maybe it's just maybe it's just documenting and sharing different things like that, and that might be something. So. Um, I do probably see myself maybe helping people that come behind me and after me in terms of getting them um, some help and guidance and everything, because uh, I, I came from a family that, uh, you know, I was first generation with, um, with college and definitely with going to medical school. No one in the family did that. And um, this thing, entrepreneurship, it sounded like a folktale, never heard of it in my life. I didn't really, I thought entrepreneurship was for certain people. And so um, I'm, so that's something that holds near and dear to my heart because it's, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's stressful. And so I, I imagine that there will be a lot of other people out there who probably need some guidance or just someone to talk to. And so that, that may be where I, I stumble on, but I'm much too young for that right now. Right. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, Julian. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you.